Hey guys, Darren here. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about advancing heaven's agenda. Just recently had the opportunity of ministering at the International Fellowship of Ministries annual conference where I did this talk on this topic. So I'll be extracting that audio and sharing it with you today. A couple overarching themes. We begin just by talking about advancement and what it means to advance heaven's agenda. Number two, we talk about just the open window of opportunity that we have on the earth right now. Number three, we talk about what is heaven's agenda, kind of what is a blueprint and how do we find our role within this much larger kind of narrative narrative that's unfolding on the earth. And then we conclude number four by talking about just kind of this thing that's taking place right now, just this sense of lostness. You have many, many people that are believers, they're saved, but they, they just feel lost within other people's identities and ministries and are just trying to figure out kind of their role right now. So I give four ways to kind of get unlost. This is a longer podcast, but I think there's some very practical stuff that you'll be able to plug and play with. And so uh, let me know what you think. Of course, subscribe and review on the iTunes store. Easiest way to get there is just go to thedarrenshow.com. All right, advancing heaven's agenda. That's where we're going right here, right now on the Supernaturalist podcast show. Let's go. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. Advance. That means we're about to accelerate. That means we're about to come up into a new level, up into a new uh, place of of visibility, if if you will, and I think that that's the thing about um, advancement is that advancement is not passive. There's no such thing as passive advancement, and this is what that means: that if you're going to begin partnering with this spirit of advancement, with 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 this this whole message this weekend of uh, of advancing the kingdom's agenda, then. Um, uh, I don't know any other way to say it. It's going to be actually a lot of work. Yeah. Yay! Right? Like, like, um, it's, and so if you have a mentality right now of wrapping things up, you're going to miss what God's doing on the earth because we're not wrapping things up, right? We're, like, we're, we're not in a season of bunkering down, you know, and, and just waiting for the, for, the, for the heavenly shot back to rapture us off of this hell rock so God can come and incinerate everything. Die! Like... That's some people's theology. That's not the Bible. Amen? Right? If you're like, darn, wrong conference. Like, this is all about, right, uh, uh, Operation Save Planet Earth, okay? Um, and so God has a huge God dream um, for, this, for this planet and for humanity. It's not about the rock in and of itself. It's the people that occupy this place. For God so loved the whole world. Yes, the whole world, the world in her depravity, the world in her evilness, the world in her homosexuality, yeah, the world in her liberalness, like God so loved the whole, every single man, woman, boy, like he did not, Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save, and now we're actually uh, uh, representing, we are the body of Christ, so we're actually representing the ministry of Jesus on the earth, walking in that same spirit of sonship. Um, that Jesus, like, but, but here's my point, Darren. What are you saying? I'm saying this is this is about to be a lot, a lot of stinking work. I mean, this is not your eight, eight to five kind of thing. Uh, I'll just say that again: the kingdom of God is not an eight to five kind of thing. And and actually, the truth is that a lot of us ain't, ain't even putting in an eight to five thing right now. You know, a lot of us, uh, our kingdom uh, 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 operation is actually just a Sunday morning kind of thing. Yeah, or preparation for Sunday morning kind of thing, yeah, for all the pastors in the house. So, uh, right? And so we've got to come into this place as the kingdom, where the kingdom of God starts coming before our careers. Yeah, and, and until that happens, we're not going to begin to see a, a, a reformational shift on the earth. And you can't, you can't teach that into people. Like, you can't, you can't just tell people, like, like, you're not working hard enough. Do more, darn it. 
like we did that. It's called the 80s, right? Like, you know, and so I was like, yeah, I just heard about it, you know. But there was this thing of just like the slave driving mentality. But here's the thing. In the day of my power, my people will volunteer freely. And I'm telling you, what we're about to see is we're about to see a kingdom of God kind of shift from churchianity to, to a kingdom movement of a partnership of communities where there's the knitting of hearts coming together. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be the most joyful, rewarding work that you've ever been a part of. In fact, revival is a lot of work. Awakening is a lot of work. And here's the thing. We have a God who works. In fact, the Bible begins with the working God. Completely different than any other religion. If you look at all the Greek gods, if you do any sort of mythology, or if you look at other religions, gods don't work. And the Bible begins with our God working. And then what does he do? He creates Adam and Eve. And what does he say to them? Now get to work. And some of us, we think that work is a result of the curse. Like some of us, we think that like the reason why I got to go to work is because, uh, because, uh, because Eve had to eat an apple. Like that has nothing to do with it. Like, like we have a working God and you've been created in the image and likeness of a working God. So if you're going to be a part of this kingdom advancement, you've got to get an ethic for rest. Because if you don't, it'll kill you. If you don't have a rest ethic, revival will kill you. It'll kill your marriage. It'll kill your family. Not because that's the, the spirit of Christ Jesus, but it's just because God is a resting God. So we have a God that works. And he models what it looks like. We have a God that comes and begins playing in the dust, in the dirt. Amazing. Or gold, whatever your theology is. Um, But he begins working, yeah, and then all of a sudden we have a God who rests. He works and then he rests and he establishes this rhythm. There's a rhythm within the kingdom because the kingdom has an order to it. It has a rhythm to it. And so we're ready to advance, and, 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 I'm, and this is just kind of a, a warning kind of thing. And I just say that, like, if your heart is still beating, then your scroll has not been fulfilled yet, and there's a purpose for your life. So don't believe the lie of the enemy that you are old. And don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're too young, and don't believe the lie of the enemy that there's this thing called your prime What's that? Your prime. Like, I'm in my prime. No. Are you alive? Is, is God the Holy Spirit, the burning one inside of you? Then just declare this over yourself right now. I am in my prime. You're like, I, I don't really believe it. I know, but you are. We are. We are in our prime. So it's time to arise and shine. You're in your prime. You're in your prime. This is it. This is your time. But careful, brother. Brother, careful. No, we're on the verge of coming. No, you are in your prime. So arise and shine and partner with the spirit of Christ Jesus on the earth to advance, to move forward, to come up to another level, to step into the spirit of promotion and acceleration that the stuff that it took our ancestors 20, 30, 40, 50 years to accomplish can now be accomplished in a week supernaturally and technologically and there are tools and things available right now that have never been available before so it's time to see what the Lord is working on because he's a working God and he is at work and if you're waiting on something then I think your waiting may just be an excuse to not be partnering with what God is doing on the earth because our God be all working and stuff all over the nations. He's at work. Yeah. And stuff. So everyone say it's time to advance. <laughs> now, that's what, I want, that's what I want to say about advancing. Advancement is personal. Everyone just say advancement is personal. And this is what I mean. Your name matters. Your face matters. And this is what Slee said last night. The kingdom of God advancing on the earth, or the agenda of God, the agenda of the kingdom, what is that agenda? It's you. She said, it's you. This thing is radically intimate 
and intensely personal. You matter. You really, really matter. Your face matters. Your name matters. Your name is your reputation. It's your power. It's your authority. It is, the, it, it, it is your identity. You have a name. Biblically, names are a big deal. You got a name. You got a face. So stop trying to be nameless and faceless and stop hiding behind your ministry name. No, I, now I'm leaning into the tension on purpose because of the 80s, and we're having to rail against a lot of weird stuff that happened in the name of humility. Stop hiding behind your ministry name because the world does not care about your ministry name. And the church does not care about your ministry name. Your friends are in love with you, not AKA Heavenly Eagle Ministries. Now, you might have to have a ministry name for the IRS. God bless them. Give them a higher level, revelatory, whatever, 501c3. Great, you got it. But man, don't go around flexing your ministry name and don't go around hiding behind your ministry name. Start using your name. You've got a name. You've got authority. You've got, and people love you. They love you. They don't love your revelation. They love you, so therefore they will show honor for your revelation because they're in love with you. I love Darren, and so I love what comes out of him. But they don't fall in love with what comes out of him and then fall in love with Darren. It's about the relationship. And kingdom advancement is personal, and it's about the relationship. There's no other way of doing kingdom advancement without doing relationship. The moment you get outside of relationship, you get outside of the kingdom. Number two, your story matters. Just to clarify, my story matters. Your story matters. And, and your story, it's your testimony. It's your seat of your authority. That you have power where you have victory. The future stuff that you're going after. You don't really need to be talking about that right now because you don't really know what you're doing. But you got this whole history, all these victories, all these testimonies, all these trophies that have been made available because of grace, because of the blood. And you can overcome the enemy through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. It's not random. It's your written scroll. You are this beautiful thing. It's the poetry of Christ Jesus that he is writing and it matters. And so many times we think we can't talk about our story. Why? Because it's not about me. Who told you that? Who told you that? It's not about me. That's the most orphan thing you can say. If you, if you believe in the message of sonship, it's all about you. Coming from a millennial. Yay, all right? Think about, think about when Jesus was a millennial. Like, think about when Jesus was in his 30s. And here comes this young whippersnapper, takes a scroll, and begins to read from the scroll. Begins to read Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Like, begins to do all this. And then Jesus goes, yeah, you hear all that? Yeah, that's all about me. And think of the boomers in the room that were like, that's why I hate young people. They think it's all about them. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's all about me. Here we go. Come on, get some of my apostles in the background, disciples, come on. <laughs> you doing okay? You doing all right? All right, all right. Yep, yep, yep. Now, you have permission in the spirit of sonship to begin reading Isaiah 61 and saying, did you hear all that? <laughs> yeah, that's all about me. Why? Because the spirit the of the sovereign Lord ah, is upon me ah, because ah, he has anointed me to preach good news, to bring about some liberty for the captives. Yeah. You hear all that? Yeah. It's all about hashtag me who wants to be a part of the party. Declare this. Darren, calm down. All right. Just declare yourself, my story matters. So begin, start, start telling your story. Start telling your story. Hi, my name is Darren Stott. My grandpa pastored here. My dad pastored here. I swore I would never pastor here. 
I had a prophetic word where somebody said, you're going to be a pastor. And I stopped him and said, no, I'm not. He said, why not? I said, because I hate people. Now, here's the truth. At that time, I didn't hate people. I was just saying that because I was annoyed by his word. But I did come into a season, maybe I prophesied it, where I did come into a place of bitterness, brokenness, rebellion, and literally hating the church. And not just the church, this church. Swearing I would never come back here. Meanwhile, it was the Father's heart to restore me, to love me. And when I deserved to be struck by sovereign lightning, right? He kissed me. He loved me. And he loved me back into this place of repentance. And now, this is no joke. Like, I absolutely stink in love. This church, the church, and pastors. And I used to despise pastors. That's my story. That matters. That matters. Why? Because there's a ton of Darrens out there who are hating on the church, who are hating on pastors, who are hating on the kingdom of God, and they need to hear my story. And there's a generation out there, and they, have, they need, they are where you were, and some of us have believed a lie that our story doesn't matter, that we've moved on. Your story absolutely matters. Your face matters, your name matters, and your vision matters. Everyone just say, my vision matters. What's your vision? Is it written down? Do you got people that are running with you? How many know that as you begin to fulfill and satisfy the Father's call over your life, and as you're, as you're doing that, other people are going to be coming into their destiny? That you're going to be inspiring courage in the hearts of others? Because how many know that hopelessness is a major epidemic right now? In the church. In the church. And all of a sudden, when people see that you have the courage to run, no matter what your age, no matter what your background, they say, hey, if that guy can do it. How many of you have ever seen that person where you're like, if that person can do it, I can do it. How many, <laughs> I mean, it's not the best thing to say, right? Um, but that is the truth. You can do it. And I don't know what it looks like, but I know it can look a million different ways. And I know that God has created you for you and for it. Your it matters. Your vision matters. So start talking about your vision, darn it, right? Like, and, and, and your vision better not be religious. Your vision better not be glorifying God through the establishment of, restore, of rescuing the lost souls and bringing them into new baby creations so that one day the evidence is of equipping the saints for the, for the glory to, you know. No! Stop it! Your vision should be like the Zuckerberg Foundation from Facebook. Abolishing all disease in our lifetime. What? You ain't going to do that. It doesn't matter. We got billions of dollars. We can do anything. We are going to play God. That's Zuckerberg. Here you are with God in you, and you're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. You aren't saying nothing while saying everything because it somehow meets up to people's requirements of what a vision should look like. What's your stinking vision? Why are you alive? What are you doing? Write it down. And if it's not memorable, it won't be repeatable, and nobody will get it. They'll just say, you just got a blah, 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 blah. Seattle Revival Center, why are we here? Engaging heaven, transforming earth. That's why we're here. That's my 40-year commitment, 50-year, 120-year. Maybe I'll let the days of Noah be here 900. I don't know. But this is my commitment. Oh, just freaking people out now. Uh, <laughs> he's how old? <laughs> he looks like he's 30-something. So... <laughs> What's your vision? Make it simple and start talking about it. Start talking. I got a purpose. He's kind of annoying. I got it. Look, the haters will come out. They will come out. Why? Because visionless life is normal life for many people. A visionless life is normal life for most people. And the moment you begin articulating the dreams and the desires of your heart, no matter how wild, no matter how unbelievable, there will be a generation that respects you and follows you because they've never seen a leader with a vision before, with a reason for living and a reason for dying. What? Do you have a reason to live this morning? Write it down. Do you have a reason to die? Is there something that you would go to the stake for, that you would be burned for? Write it down and start talking about it and start asking, who wants to join me? You have all these people say, I don't want to join you. That's the best thing you can hear. The best thing you can hear. The best thing Derek can hear is, this is not the church for me. Yeah, praise God. I'll make some recommendations. What's your thing? You know? 
What you want to hear is the no, that's not for me, because that means that you're being so specific that it's maybe even offensive, but you've found your reason, you've read your scroll, you got your meaning, you got your purpose, and now you ain't just living, but now you're living. You're advancing the kingdom, the kingdom's agenda. Let's take a 10-minute break, and then I'll get to point two. Is that good? I'm just kidding. But no, Jeanette, could you give me a water? In all seriousness, I'm about to pass out. Um, oh, thank you so much, Lee. We'll, we'll hit you back. We're good. We're good for this. So, so you guys doing good? Uh, thanks, Jeanette. Have you guys felt that? Have you guys, how many of you guys have felt that pressure to, um, you felt that pressure, like, like there's that thing in you that you're like, Darren, yeah, I relate. Like, to, I, like I feel like it's the Father's desire to be seen and heard and known and to be a contributor. But whenever I step out, I feel like I'm just promoting myself. Wave at me if you feel that thing. That, okay. How many of you have felt literally a fear of self-promotion? Wave at me. Okay, that's fear, it's demonic, take it off. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for that spirit of fear that wants to keep us hidden, and we just, we just repent of that fear right now, yep, 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 we just acknowledge that that fear is not holy fear, and that thing that was put on us about the fear of promote, promoting ourselves, it ain't about that, it's about promoting the advancement of the kingdom of heaven, and therefore we have permission to be seen, to be heard, and to be known, to use our name, and to stop hiding behind our ministry name. Yeah, and to stop hiding behind a, a website. We will be seen, we will be heard, we will be known. Yeah? Wow. All right. Amen. Did you, is that good? All right. Awesome. All right. Everyone say opportunity. Okay. Let's get real for a sec. The opportunity that we have right now to advance the kingdom of heaven, there's an open window that humanity's never had before. Like, there's an open window right now to do stuff that's never been possible before. Um, Facebook, right now, over 2 billion people on Facebook right now. Okay, uh, back in the 40s, 50s, the big deal was get a tent, right? Like, if, if you were anybody, it was about get a tent. It wasn't about just get a tent. Get the biggest tent. Get the big, imagine if this was like 1945. Nine, 1950, and you were here, advancing the kingdom's agenda, directive number one, buy a tent. <laughs> I did a, I, I got my degree in Bible and theology, and, and, and I had to take an evangelism course, the course was from the 80s, and, um, and this, is no, this is no joke at all, this says, like, the, the most effective form of evangelism is get on TV. Do whatever you can do to get on TV, because if you'll do that, you won't just reach the one, the one's important, but you'll reach the masses. So that was, that was, the, that was the, the, the evangelism training that I got, right? Now, if you can't afford TV, right, or let's just be honest, if you're not pretty enough for TV, right, then get on the radio, right? And can I tell you something? We're coming into a generation right now that we're, where we're about to see the TV and the radio go extinct, the, the, the ways of traditional evangelism to reach the masses were crazy expensive. Therefore, only a select few got a voice. But today, it's radically different in the sense that everybody gets a voice, and everybody gets a voice for free. That's good news and bad news. It's good news if the ones who've got wine in the wineskin can use this, this technological wineskin in order to start serving the new wine of heaven, in order to start bringing the gospel of heaven. But it's bad news if our voice gets drowned out by, by the white noise of, of, of this world. So there is, there is this place where we've got to begin advancing now. Yep, yep, yep. And so if you are in ministry, you need a social media strategy. Did you know that um, there are 1.3 billion subscribers on YouTube, 300 hours of video, 300 hours of video are uploaded every minute. That means in the next 
60 seconds, 300 hours of content will be uploaded to YouTube. Almost 5 billion, 5 billion videos are watched every day on YouTube. And by 2025, um, the majority of young people under the age of 30 will not subscribe for pay TV. In fact, um, YouTube right now is acquiring major contracts with, um, with television stations. And so um, f- for the first time ever, so imagine this, you're watching Fixer Upper, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, any Fixer Upper fans? Just me? Okay. Whatever. So, um, <laughs> Fixer what? <laughs> it's cool. All right, so imagine you're watching, is this show about, you know, okay. So imagine you're watching the show, and when that show ends, all of a sudden all these other videos come up, and there's John from church, and his video comes up on how to repair your sink. So here you have a show that ha- that's making millions and millions of dollars, right? Um, and uh, and has, 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 has the backing of, of millions and millions of dollars. And when it ends, there's the guy from church with his video with no budget, no payment, side by side with the major network. See, the lines are being blurred everywhere, everywhere. And that means that if you have a message, it's time to find the right platform to bring that message because I'm telling you, we are reaching more people online than we are um, in this room. In fact, the people that engage with this, uh, with this right now, here right now, just on social media will, will more than quadruple, it will so what's happening in this room right now is happening here. It's also going out into the universe. It's also accessible to the nations. And that is, that is the future. And, and, we've, and we've got to take it seriously because, because everything, this, this communication rev, revolution is taking place right now and it's all about opportunity. And that means if you don't get it, start running with a millennial who does. I, I, I'm telling you, if you got any message in you, if you have any vision in you, you cannot ignore the world. Wide web. Well, what do I do on there? You have a name, you have a face, you have a story, you have a vision. And then there's the invitation, who wants to run? Who wants to be a part? That's what you do. And how, when do I do that? Every day. What if I forget a day? That's cool. Do it the next day. But develop a discipline for ministry. Because remember, this is actually going to take some work. And if you have time for Netflix, then you should have time for ministry. And if you're alive, you have a story. If your parents gave you a name, you got one of them. And there is a gospel identity and story and message, a testimony. And maybe a lot of people won't get you. Maybe a lot of people won't like you. But there might be that one that does who thanks you in heaven for having the courage to put yourself out there. Yeah. Remember, small is the new big. Yeah. Small is the new big. Value the small. I just need that one. You never know who that one is. I've met some ones that are significant carriers of influence. And they have no idea who any of, our, any of our heroes in our circles, they have no idea who these people are. All they know is they stumbled across this weird guy online and it, and it clicked. Something clicked and now I'm discipling all these people. I'm pastoring, because I'm a pastor, I'm pastoring all these people um, that aren't in churches yet. I'm bringing them through that process. I'm a big local church guy, but I'm pastoring all these people and where, where are we doing it? We're taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah? All right. Everyone say agenda. Agenda. Now, isn't it funny how agenda, isn't it fun, it's so cool. This conference title is so like crazy because it says advancing heaven's agenda. And how many of you, like, like the second you hear agenda, you're like, oh, great, there's an agenda. <laughs> like, isn't it weird how agenda's taken on a negative connotation? Have you noticed that? So I love this conference style because it's like, we don't even care. It's all about the agenda, right? Like, I think that's so good. And the reason why it's so good is because we need agendas, you guys. We need agendas. Agendas are good. Um, How many of you have ever been to a church service without an agenda? Nothing happened. How many of you have ever been on a date without an agenda? 
Like, how many of you have ever taken your wife out on a date, and you got in the car, and she's like, all right, honey, and she's all dolled up, and she's like, where are we going? And you're like, I don't know, baby. <laughs> well, why are we sitting in the garage? I told you. I don't know. <laughs> then what are we doing? Baby, there ain't no agenda. Well, should we at least, like, I don't know, kiss or something? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, what do we do? We do nothing. There's no, like, yeah, we need, we need an agenda. We need heaven. The agenda is the plan. Everyone say it's the plan. It's the timeline. It's the details. It's the mission. Heaven's got a plan. Heaven's got a timeline. Heaven's got a mission. Heaven's got a blueprint. All right? And it pleases the Father to reveal his blueprints to those who love him. Okay? It pleases, it brings him great delight to reveal the hidden things, the secrets, the desires, his plans to those who say, God, we know you've got an agenda, and furthermore, we know it's very personal. We know it's very intimate. I know it's all about me because I'm a son. I know you've created me uh, to play a very strategic and important part on the earth, and I know there's nothing that you want more than to reveal your blueprint for this region and for my people group, for this thing. And so heaven's got an agenda, a plan and a timeline. And it is the Father's will to reveal these things to those who love him. And when it comes to our, when it comes to really fulfilling this agenda, let's break it up into two ways. There's your testimony, okay? So that, that is your, your testimony is your past, Yuck, right? It's your present, okay, all right? And it's your future, yay! Because the future you is always the cool you, right? Um, that's sometimes how, 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 how we live. Um, uh, so, but that whole thing, your past, your present, and your future, that whole thing is your testimony. And that whole thing has been written. That testimony is your scroll. There is a role within your own personal scroll, okay? And, um, and, and you can see that. You can, you can obtain that. I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord right now regarding my scroll for 2018. Why? Because I don't want to manufacture a whole bunch of energy to pour into a lot of stuff that's not going to have kingdom influence on the earth. I don't want to live out this whole kind of good thing that wasn't a God thing. So I'm seeking the Lord uh, to get the plan, the timeline, the kingdom's agenda for 2018. Why? Because time is the most valuable commodity that we can have, right? Like time is worth way, 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 way more than money. There's all the money in the world. Like there's so much money, but we only got so much time. And uh, so there's these, your own personal scroll, your role within your scroll. And it's not that the Lord's going to give that to you. That is you. That and it in eternity past, he knew you, he knew you intimately, he knew everything about you, and he sent you, he sent your spirit into the womb, being wrapped in the DNA of your parents, and all this kind of stuff, and all of a sudden, you're born, and you're, Wah! and you're on this fractured place, wrapped in your parents' fracturedness, and you're like, Wah! and then all of a sudden, there's that moment, that aha moment, when, when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and there's that, oh, daddy, and all of a sudden, it clicks and you get it and you're like this is what it was all about the spirit of sonship baptism into that place of, um, of being valid of being legitimate and all of a sudden you're like oh, okay I get it I get it I get it and now there's, there's that unrolling of your scroll knowing it was in you the whole time that his plan his purposes your giftings your talents your abilities it's been pre-programmed into your DNA it's all there it's tattling on you and everybody else sees it Everybody around you sees it. We are usually the last ones to see it. Why it's so important that we are a part of prophetic communities. So that we have people around us that are seeing our future state and calling that future state into our present state so we can begin to engage in the spirit of transformation and living out of the future state in our present state here and now. Your whole scroll, that is your testimony, the past, the present, and the future, the, the future victories that you haven't even stepped into. You can begin praising the Lord for those things because they written, they there, and you just haven't stepped into them yet, but it's still your story. 
story. It's still your movie, and this whole thing is playing it out, and it's just a mystery as to how it will happen because it never happens the way we think it's going to happen. No matter what, like the way you met your wife and who became your wife and the way that revival breaks out and the way that revival looks and the people that God uses in our life. It never happens the way we think it's going to happen, but it's God-ordained. It's God-planned. So you got your role within your scroll, and then you got the blueprints, and those are the big, the big assignments that don't just involve you. You see your scroll, it's about you. It's about your sonship. It's about your story. But the blueprint, that ain't just about you. That's about the corporate. That's about the community. That's about the tribe. That's about if you try to accomplish the agenda of the kingdom in and of yourself, you'll just remain in isolation and you'll die in frustration. That the kingdom of God is inescapably corporate and agenda and a blueprints that involves big picture communities. It involves the family of God bringing our scrolls together to collaborate, to be woven together as a garment with uh, 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 millions of autonomous strands coming over and under and being tightly woven together to reveal this, uh, this assignment of the kingdom that's multi-generational. And it goes beyond just what's happening here on earth. It's super epic. It's the Father's agenda. It's the agenda of the kingdom. And you have a very important part to play within the Father's blueprint. We need you to be you, not to be me. We need you to be you and not to be some other celebrity. We need you to be fully you, operating in the grace of God and revealing the plans and purposes of God. You are free to be that crazy, quirky, weirdo you. We need you because you are awesome and you are a part of what God's doing on the earth here and now. Don't disappear. Don't hide on me now. Get out of the box. This is so familiar. You're a son. We need to hear you. We need to see you. We need each other. Yeah? How many of you, it's like you got your, your role in, like you can see the blueprint. It's like you're here, you're like, Darren, I already know all this. Like this has been the most annoying talk ever because I already know all this. Gosh, it's like, that's like my kids. My kids are like that. Like, Dad, I already know all this. I know everything you know way more. Like, my son, my son, when he was two, asked his mom, do you know the future? Like, who asked their mom that question? Like, it was like two or three, right? He said, hey, Mom, do you know the future? And Andrew's like, no, only God knows the future. He's like, well, then you haven't read the book. And she's like, the Bible? He's like, no, the book of the future. And she's like, Peter, what have you been reading? And, and all of a sudden, he just started talking all this crazy stuff. And, and then, I, and then I, I heard him talk. Enough about that. All right, so <laughs> kids, I don't know. But how many of you feel like this? Like, you know this, but you feel like, you feel a certain sense of lostness right now. Not, not lostness regarding your salvation, but just a sense of lostness knowing your place and, and how this whole thing fits together. And how many of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many feel just like, how many of you actually feel like, you're actually kind of lost in somebody else's agenda or your identity's actually gotten lost in somebody else's identity. Yeah. And, and, and so I want to actually speak into this, this, this feeling of, 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 of lostness. And I, I think that there are three reasons why um, most people don't see their scrolls fulfilled. And I just want to hit on these three things really quick. And then I want to speak about this whole thing of just feeling lost right now. Because this is a... Uh, um, this is a huge problem right now in the kingdom of God. Um, within this feeling of lostness, there's, there's this um, spirit of apathy right now. And it's nothing new. Um, it's not a, it's, it ain't a new demon. Um, he's been around a while. <laughs> yeah, demons. Um, but there's this, there's this sense of a loss of urgency. And when you lose your urgency, you'll lose your passion. And when you lose your passion... There's a war to get you to disengage from the kingdom's agenda on the earth. And there's a huge thing right now where, where, where there's this lie that people are believing. They're losing their urgency because they believe it's their role to fulfill somebody else's scroll. 
And that's a lie. And there's this thing of, of, of I'm, I'm, now if you know me, I'm all about serving, okay? Everything I've ever, any sort of favor or promotion I've ever come into has been because I served, okay? So I served this church before I ever got anywhere near this thing. Okay, like, like any sort of favor, whether it's in local government in our, in our cities uh, or, or it's within the church or within, it's within my schooling and different things. I, I've stepped into favor, but it's been because of serving. And with that being said, there is this, this place of a servant mentality that, that dwarfs the spirit of sonship where we believe that it's our lives, it's our role to disappear to fulfill someone else's scroll. And so our identity gets lost within somebody else's identity and there's this loss of urgency and we live our lives for everybody else. In this place of hope deferred, the heart is sick and we're just thinking, hey, I'm alive another day, how can I serve you? I'm alive another day, how can I serve you? And there is this sadness right now within this servant type disposition because it's not... It's not the kind of servant spirit that we see Jesus walking in. It's, it's, it's a counterfeit servant mentality. And it's demonic. The true heart behind it isn't, how can I serve you because I love you? It's not that at all. It's, I've lost all my identity. I don't understand my authority. I have no revelation of my destiny. So in this place of radical defeat, I'll tie your shoes. And that's happening in pastors. That's happening in church leaders. I had a dream, and now I'm how old? Where am I? This isn't how I saw this thing going. Whatever, how can I, how can I tie your shoes? And I'm telling you, this is why we need the spirit of awakening. This is why we need the spirit. I, I understand the tension right now, big tension. We need to get outside of the church. We gotta get souls. It ain't revival unless the masses are getting saved. I love that. I ain't dissing that. But what do we do if the masses come in and all of our generals are like, oh, I'd pray for you, but why bother? And there's so much hope deferred within the body of Christ that if you have the spirit of awakening in you, if you got any faith in you, then be generous with that faith because there are dying, screaming leaders right now, but it's all silent because they feel that if they're honest, they're going to be rejected. If they're honest about where they are at, then you wouldn't even want to hang out with them because we are Pentecostal leaders. We are prophetic leaders. We are leaders who go, but inside we're like, I'll just tie your shoes because why bother? I've been in it for this long and not, what? What? We need awakening and revival in the church so we become believing believers and our urgency gets restored where we're like, today stinking freaking matters. I'm going to live. This ain't about just my three-hour little thing that I do on the side. This is about a life commitment to see the generals with the fire restored back in their eyes, to see a generation of believing believers that are running everywhere saying, he's alive, you guys. He's at work you guys the spirit of awakening is in the air I'm telling you there is a revival and it's not coming it's here but what, to what degree are you partnering with it to what degree are you sowing into it to what degree are you saying that nothing else matters but the king's agenda and I'm all stinking in and if you watch us you watch our family I'm running but my wife she's running and my three-year-old Sophia, she's running. And my, my six-year-old son Peter, he's running. And Abigail's running. And we're running. We're having visions as a family, dreams as a family, healing the sick as a family. And, and we're running and we're going everywhere we can saying, it's time. It's time to arise and shine. You don't, you're not on the verge. The Father wants to kick you over the edge where you're flying with no wraps, with no bungee cord. You're flying, you're trusting, you're revealing the power of a risen God. Yeah, faith without works is dead. 
And we need to see the works of faith again. People that are living on the verge, people that are looking at us, making judgments, saying, they can't keep doing that. They can't keep doing that. They can't keep running that way. They can't. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. It's got to look like Jesus. Where's Jesus today? He was here. He was here yesterday, but he ain't here today. No, Jesus, he has moved on. Why? There are people that have not seen the demonstration of the reality of the kingdom. What, what, what's plan B? A better program? Another book series? Like, what, what else are we going to do? Like, like, we have got to see the proclamation and the demonstration of the kingdom and the power of heaven. And, I, and that will look like, uh, it looks like a billion different ways. It looks like revival meetings. It looks like painting. It looks like poetry. It looks like you designing a bridge. It looks like the kingdom. There's no menial activity in the kingdom of God. When you engage with all your heart as worship unto the Lord, the brilliance of heaven will be demonstrated and manifested through you. And as you come into the fullness of your role, it will be satisfying other people's dreams and, and things. And there's a synergy with, with there's a synergy within this kind of culture. And we've got to be awakened. We've got to shake ourselves. We've got to be willing to lay down our agendas in order to step into the agenda of the kingdom of heaven. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the Lord will start redeeming and restoring parts of your agenda. It'll be better than the original. It's like he puts just enough in you to tease you. And then all of a sudden you lay it down, you take on his thing, and use in him. Urgency. Shake yourself. Just say, wake up. Wake up. It's time. We need some urgency. We got all the time in the world. No, you don't. We're like grass. Here today, gone tomorrow. Let's stand for something. Let's make a mark. You can take me out, but there will be 20, 30, 40 people just like me, crazier than me. That when I go out, there's going to be some freaky ones on the earth. Because I chose to not just to live, but I chose to truly live. Yeah? It's that loss of clarity. When we lose focus, when we lose vision, when we lose ourselves. So, how many of you don't have a prophetic word? Lift up your hand. You've never received a prophetic word. Okay, because at the end, I want to have you come because we will have you guys do all the prophesying. You got libraries. You got libraries of God data in you. It's just there's a, there's a war for our attention. There's so much distraction right now. We've got to step into that place where we have clarity again so that when we wake up, we wake up like a lion. And I don't even know how lions wake up. But let's just pretend they wake up like this. They make their coffee, and then they're like, yeah, come on, let's kill some antelope. Come on, saints of God, let's kill some antelope. And then there's that loss of accountability. Yeah? That place where we have all these dreams, all this good God data, but nobody knows about it. So therefore, it gets lost in here because how many know that in isolation, our dreams die? In isolation, the agenda of the kingdom dies in our soul. But when we come into the kind of transparency and vulnerability that's only available through the family of God, now there's an accountability of, hey, you said this is your purpose. You said this is why you're alive. You said this is why you're running. How are you doing? How can I support you? How can I sow into you? And in this place where there's accountability, the movement might be small, but you get enough movement each and every day. You get that 20 minutes each and every day that you're putting into this thing, and all of a sudden, you'll come out. It won't be in seed form anymore. Now there'll be a big old fruit tree in your front yard because of what you sowed today. Yeah? So this, this feeling of, of, of lostness, I just want to speak into this. How do we get into, out of this place of lostness? If you're pastoring, you got a lot of people in your church that are feeling lost. I'm a pastor. I got a lot of people in our church that are feeling lost. There's a lot of Christians that are feeling, that are feeling lost right now. They don't, how, they don't know how they fit. 
how this whole thing fits. So a lot of our efforts as leaders are in conversations, in creating uh, systems that bring a revelation of identity, that bring a revelation of authority, and a revelation of destiny so that people know their significance, the significance of their name, the significance of their story, and they get some sort of revelation of their school so they can begin living accountably and walking out their kingdom purpose on the earth. Yeah? And so um, we've got to realize, we've got to assume that most people feel lost right now. And we've got to begin seeing the future state and pulling it out. And turns, what's up? I haven't even met you yet, but I met um, you, and you're awesome. Every time you give a prophetic word, it's incredible. Every time you give a prophetic word, of course you already know this, but you're not just encouraging people. You are revealing their future state and inviting them into a sense of kingdom transformation. You are bringing uh, uh, illumination to that transformation that's actually at work, and you're reminding them of their significance, and you're inviting them to re-engage. That's what the prophetic does. Now, everyone else, every time you give a prophetic word, that's what you're doing. You're more than you're just you're doing more than just encouraging someone. You're letting people know of the blueprint. Wow, wow, wow. the working God that's wiring stuff behind the scenes. And wow, 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 dude, you're a part of this. A part of this electricity, a part of this kingdom magic, a part of this authority, a part of this, this, tra- this transformation plan. Dude, you're a part. It's huge. Ah, oh, I just want to know you. I'm not going to prophesy. I'll have them do that. <laughs> Let's talk about this getting unlost. Everyone say reestablish connection. Reestablish connection. Okay. Um, I'll use this iPad for a second. So this is an iPad. Okay. And um, it's cool. It's got a lot of stuff on it. But to be honest, if I don't have connectivity to the internet, I'm lost on this thing. Because what I needed for this morning had to be accessed through the internet. That means that I needed connectivity. You see, without connectivity, without the ability to connect, all I have is what's already been preloaded on this in and of itself. But if I can connect to the internet, then I can access whatever I need here and now. I can get access to stuff that's not available to me here and now. That the stuff that's needed to get the job done, I have because of my connectivity. Without your connectivity to the Holy Spirit, without your connectivity to heaven, without your connectivity horizontally within the bride of Christ, that if you're isolated, you don't have connectivity. If you're doing life alone, you don't have connectivity. Um, we've got to have vertical and horizontal connectivity so that what you need to get the job done can be accessed here and now, and you're not relying on the data that you received through an encounter back in 1987 or 1997. See, a lot of us are living off of the download we got two years ago, but when we're engaging in a, di- in a kingdom dynamic and we're stepping and taking risk into situations where we have no education, where we have no experience, right? When we're stepping in these places where we are not qualified, and that's what the Lord wants to do, right? He wants to use the most unlikely people. It's that when we have connectivity that's been established here and here, and so this is a this is like such a like how's your connectivity like have you connected with heaven this morning have you gotten your daily download from heaven this morning that we come into this place where we get religious about our connectivity where we get religious about what we're pulling from from heaven and we get religious about our interpersonal relationships and how we're doing heart to heart so if you're lost reestablish connection Reestablish connectivity. If you're feeling a sense of, God, where are you? Reestablish, get religious about a daily discipline of practicing his presence even when you feel no presence. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is my ritual. I am religious. I come into his presence by faith, but I don't feel no presence at all. 10 minutes, Yes. You access it by faith, and all of a sudden, the feelings follow, and then one day, all of a sudden, it's like, it ain't just a drizzle. It's like a waterfall, and just, I'm connected. Just declare, I am connected. I am connected. 
I am not lost. It doesn't matter about my feelings. I got faith. I'm connected to you, Lord. I'm receiving from you. I'm pulling from you, Lord. And I'm going to reestablish a horizontal connection with some brothers and sisters. Yeah? Yeah? Number two, we need to reestablish our realness. That means that we've got to get honest again. We've got to start talking about how we're really doing. And it's okay to be more honest even about your past, about your story. We talked about that. But if we're not being real, then we can actually stay in a desert for the rest of our lives and nobody will ever know because we're playing some sort of role. It is okay to not be okay. It's okay to be messed up. It's okay to have fallen. It's okay to be wherever you're at. It's just not okay to pretend. It's not okay to say you're okay when you're not okay. If you're not okay, that's okay. As long as you're saying, I'm not okay. Don't let your scream be silent where things are messed up. You see, oftentimes, that a lot of stuff gets glossed over because of grace, honor, and love. We, so a lot of times, we will ignore major issues in our marriage, and we say it's culture of honor. It's not. You haven't read the book. That if you have this place of, say, I'm going to reestablish realness, baby, we need to talk. Pastor Darren, we need to talk. Things are not okay, and I, I've got to, I know I got a role, I know the, the kingdom's got this agenda, but I'm telling you, pride will keep you on the outside of what God's doing on the earth. And the illusion of perfection is pride. And it will keep you outside of what God is doing. It'll keep you on the outside. It's not God saying you can't come in. It's that you will disqualify yourself because of that inability to truly connect with anyone. So make this commitment to reestablish your authenticity, to never sell out in order just to be accepted because God will never reject you. And if it's a real Christian, they won't ever reject you either. The, the moment in that place of honest confession, you will be loved, you'll be cared for, and the spirit of gentleness restored. Yeah? We've got to value this. This is what keeps us relevant in what God is actually doing. Yeah? The third thing is establish empathy. Because how do you know that we can get so wrapped up in agendas that we actually start viewing people as projects instead of people? And we start viewing rich people as resources instead of brothers and sisters in Christ. Or we start seeing messed up, whatever, you know, you're on tracking. We've got to come back into this. If, we're, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom agenda, you have to realize this whole thing's being built on a foundation of love. And Paul would say, like, what profit us? Like, what, like, what good is it if we build all these empires? We do all this crazy stuff, supernatural, all, all knowledge, all mysteries, all this stuff, but we've actually quit caring about each other. And we've been working so hard that we've lost our own humanity. We've lost our own even sense of dignity for other people. And I think for all of us, if you're leading in any sort of organization or business, that we're not thinking of others as employees, right? But we're thinking of others as our, our brothers and our sisters partnering together, partnering together for the sake of, for the, sake of, the, of the kingdom. And that I'm in this with you, not because I have to be. I'm in this with you because I really love you. Or if I can't stand you, that I'm bringing the relationship before the Father saying, what, what's wrong here? What's off here? Where is there not alignment? That establishing empathy and rebuilding those, that connectivity, this is brutal because it involves communication. It involves sitting down. It involves leaning into the tension. It involves having difficult conversations. Yeah? And then the last thing is this. Reestablish your commitment. Because that's really, where, that's really where that revelation of authority comes from. When you've made a commitment to this kingdom purpose and you say, I'm in this to win this. I'm not just, I'm not in this for the paycheck. I'm not, you know, people say to me all the time, like, Darren, you're, you're in Newcastle now. You're at Sierra Valley Center now. But, but you're going to be here. You're going to be there. No, 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 no. Um, 
I have made a commitment here at Seattle Revival Center. Like, I have been called here. I believe that the full expression of that is thinking global. Yeah, come on, right? Because hopefully you're, you're thinking globally. Because locally is so 1900. <laughs> But my commitment is to my family. And when I say my family, it's just not my sons and daughters, but my spiritual sons and daughters. It is to this house. And that if you ever want to trigger me, then question my loyalty to this body or to Seattle or to the West Coast. No, I have made a commitment. I made a commitment on a local level to two different cities. I made a commitment to this body that there will be times when Darren's not here, but Darren's heart will always be here, where is your commitment? Where is your loyalty? Where are those people that you're willing to bleed for, that you're, will, that you're going to war with, those people that got your back? Establish, reestablish your commitments within your marriage. Honey, we're going to do this again. We've been married for 40 years, but baby, we're going to go out swinging. Right? Within your, within your marriage, within your local church. Pastor, I've been here for 15 years, but I am reestablishing my commitment. I got some fire in me. Reestablish your commitment. Because I'm telling you, the moment you make a commitment, you'll start caring again. And the minute you start caring again, the electricity will start flowing again. And the kingdom will start manifesting through you again. God has created you to manifest the supernatural realities, the, the frequencies of the kingdom of heaven. So that you can't help yourself. That wherever you go, atmospheres changing, people be changing. That nouns, people, places, things they be all a changing and adapting and coming into kingdom alignment. Why? Because you showed up. And I mean, you really showed up. You care. You made a commitment. You know your authority. You're not just there. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just a dad. No! You are a son. Stinking engaged. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm taking it all in. I'm processing with Holy Ghost. Waiting, 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 watching it all come together. And then at the right time, Holy Ghost says, now, and you release mysteries. And people that don't even understand the kingdom of God, they get it. It clicks. They say, yes, yes. And someone else hears from you, hey, we need you on our board. Hey, so uh, we, heard, we heard what you're doing here. We need you consulting over here. Hey, would you come consult with my business? Hey, would you come help our church? Hey, hey, we hear that you are one who actually cares. And when you show up, you actually show up. We hear that you got some sort of connectivity. Super weird, super cool. You are different. We need you. That the seekers, as Bobby Connor said, the seekers will be finders. And the finders will be sought after. That's the tension. That's the resistance right now. Because the tension, the resistance, wants to keep you predictable and religious. But wants to put you in a box that looks like revival. The invitation isn't to look like some sort of charismatic manifestation. The invitation is to get out of the boat and to do what's never been done before, to get the kind of results that have never been seen before. Because the state and status of the world right now is going to require some new things, a new breed, a new kind of people doing some greater things. And that means that's the resistance. That's the tension. That's, what, that's, what's, well, that's why you didn't want to get out of bed this morning. Like, that's why you don't want to go to church. That's why everybody's annoying. There's such a battle right now to keep you engaged, to keep Darren engaged. There's such a battle. Like the, the temptation is just to keep doing what we did last year. But look, I got to tell you something. It ain't 2016 anymore. No. Been there, done that. It's 2017. God is doing a new thing. I'm telling you, the history books can't even prepare you for what God's about to do. It's going to be so far off the grid, it's going to go from somewhat familiar to somewhat freaky real quick. Real, real quick. And you're going to need the word. You're going to need that place. You're going to need your grid. You're going to say, where is this at? Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. But why haven't we ever seen it here on earth? And it's time for here on earth as it is in heaven. That takes place through your, through your kingdom expression. And the devil will do everything to get you to disappear behind someone else's name, behind someone else's agenda, behind someone else's identity. He'll even try to get you to hide behind your own false identity or your own false agenda. 
It's time to arise and to shine, to adopt, to take on, Father, what's in your heart. I just don't know. I see aspects of it. But show me my role within my scroll. I will be obedient. I'll do this within the context of community. And together we will run to do freaky deaky stuff that will make the Zuckerberg vision look silly and small. What do you want to do in your lifetime? Bill and Melinda Gates. Abolishing homelessness worldwide through their organization without any Holy Ghost. Without, uh, and to be honest, I think Holy Ghost all up in the, <laughs> my, that, my mom there, she's praying with all kinds of believers, like the Holy Ghost is there. He's using Nebuchadnezzar's and he's using sure people. That, God's using people right now that God shouldn't be using. It's really offensive. <laughs> he, he's using Trump. I, I never would have picked him, but hey. God can use you. If you're available. Yeah? Awesome. So this is what I'd like to do. Let's stand. If you need awakening, if you need a Holy Ghost shaking, if you need to, to find a sense of your authority and identity, to step out of this place of lostness, if you say, Darren, I dude, 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 how'd you do that, dude? Yeah, that's how I've been feeling. Like, I got greatness in me, but why do I feel so stinking lost? If that's you, uh, would the interns come? And the IFM ministry team, basically the front row. If that's you, would you just come put your toes on the line? Because we're going to lay hands on you, and we're just going to believe for a fresh release of the fire of God, for just that urgency of heaven. Yep, 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 for that spirit of awakening to be released into you. And uh, for some of you, it's like you got um, prophetic words that they be all dusty. And for some of you, I just see prophetic words getting dusted off, just blowing the dust off some prophetic words this morning. So put your toes on the line. You'll be just fine. We just want to pray for you. Yep, 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 yep. So Father, we thank you for that anointing of awakening in this room right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Shabbat